talk of your timeline for the last two weeks has either been Donda or Certified Love Boy. CLB. This week on Textually Active, uh, we compared her to maybe pick a side. Are they even comparable? Maybe debate them. Uh. But to find out which side we on, you got to watch right here, right now on Textually Active. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Textually Active. Textually Active. This is your weekly dose of conversations about navigating the digital age while dealing with friendships, relationships, and all the ships in between. I'm Rez, and I got Measy with me. Gang shit. And EA is on the boards. You know what it is. I'm here, dog. What's up? What's good? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Me either. He kind of hyped up. Yeah. Gang shit. Uh, who? Gang. Life, You've been only saying talk. it. Knife talk. Oh, knife talk. Yeah. What's up, uh, gang? Shit, that's the shit. I'm on. <laughs> We're gonna get into that. <laughs> How y'all feeling? I absolutely believe every single word has ever came out of Twenty One Savage. Twenty One Savage <laughs> never one. told a lie. Every word that's ever came out of his mouth, I believe it. So it's the way you, his his tone is so like it's never even. Like, it's, it's never, never like I'm he never raises his you. voice. <laughs> he never takes it too low. and never gets too high pitched. I'm, I'm, he's never afraid to say it, and he's never not trying to prove to you that he mean what he about to say. See, he just is, say the thing, it. The thing is, he, I don't think he ever tries to prove it. You know what I'm saying? I just think he just says it, and it's like, if you want to test him, you're going to do it. Like, you're going to test him, you're going to find out. It's like a scratch-off. My thing is, like, like, I was pleasantly surprised when back when um, Clubhouse was hot, right? And he was talking, and I was just like, I was like, this is not the 21 Savage that I thought I knew. You would, like... You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. And I'm just like, I'm like, I actually want to get to know this guy. You want to get to know him while also being slightly afraid of him. Very scared. <laughs> like highly very, scared. Very Gotta afraid make of sure him. you walk carefully around 21. Like Savage. even him being with like Amber for the time that they was together and we all was like, Oh, maybe Amber, this nice free bird was softening him up. No, I was I listened to an interview that he did recently. Still afraid. And he was talking about how he was at the slut walk and he was like, Yeah, I was at the slut walk what? <laughs> like if she a slut and I'm fucking her, what that make me? A slut too, huh? I was like, he's right. He's right. It's not just one slut, it's two. And I know what interview is talking about. And he was pressing him. Like, he I heard what you said. did not play any games. It was almost like he was waiting for this moment. Like, and, he like, pr- and he cool with him, but he was still But like, he was like, I saw what you said. <laughs> And you was real loud about it. So it's funny that you bring me here today because we're going to talk about yeah. it. And you're in Atlanta too? Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, I believe him. A shout out to 21 Savage. Are you you going to hear this. Who else do you believe? You just When I hear them rap, Lord, I mean, just, like, no, it's can, it can be anyone, it, not rappers. When I hear people talking, I believe them. Uh, I believe the thing. I believe the things Jay Z says because eventually it either comes out or it comes into fruition. Yeah, like he says shit. Like he said shit on fucking uh, life, the Life and Times Volume Three that was what ninety eight, but somehow in fucking two thousand nine we watched it happen. Like he says shit. He's a he's very good at manifesting. And like doing it, he's also contradictory. But hey, people, well, he's human. I believe what Rihanna says. 
yeah. Sex yeah. with me is so amazing. I believed her when she said that. Yeah, yeah. and then like <laughs> they found that video of when niggas was like, she lyric, smelled good. Yeah. That lyric has had a hold on you for way too long. I, hey, she I believed her in cake. She ain't came back yet. She not coming back. But anyway, no, we're here. You. We're here to talk about the <laughs> the artists who you know I have a hold on have your a hold life, on us. even if you haven't been paying attention for the last two weeks. Decades, I would even beg to say, yeah. like decades. Yeah. We could say decades in the right context because it has been decades that <laughs> context. I thought you were making fun of Jocelyn. I was because <laughs> she was like, I've had a hold on this industry in for 10 decades. For 10 decades, ma'am. Do you know how many that is? That is okay, 100 that's years, fine. and you're not that. I'm, old. A, I'm like, and if you still look that good, y'all. Yo, who's the doctor? A yeah. hundred years. If you want to say you a vampire, just say that, sis. Please. I mean, it's given. But these are two artists who've definitely had a hold on us for a while. Yeah. And as two people who were, I would say, entering adulthood when these two artists came out and now are adults, full-blown adults, and still seeing their career go, um, it's only right that we talk about the, the year that we've had with these artists because it's been... A lot. Yeah, yeah. We've, uh, with uh, the release of Certified Lover Boy last Friday, we've, uh, and the week before that being the release of Donda, it's been a war of words Oof. on the timeline. It's, you gotta pick a side, and if you pick the wrong side, they gonna come at your net for it. If you don't pick a side, it's why you ain't picked a side, and then you make other people who appear on both albums question why they ain't picked a side. It's just weird. If Jay-Z's not picking a side, why do I have to pick a side? <laughs> why? If Lil Baby ain't pick a side, why I gotta pick Lil a side? Lil Baby is here for the bread, and that's it. Lil Baby's here to get the bread, to pay for surgeries, and encourage you to be your own woman. Uh-huh. I that's like right. It. I like it. That's there's, right. There's a lot to unpack there that I clearly have not been paying attention to. <laughs> Lil Baby don't say much. We'll, we'll talk about it. Lil later. Baby does not say much, but he is an advocate for paying for plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, he says that plastic surgery isn't fake. <laughs> It's if, just altering your body. If she get it from her gut and put it in her butt, it's natural. It's natural. <laughs> it, hey, it was there. That's right. So these two artists have been going at it for a bit. I don't even know where the beef started. Do you know uh, the beginning of the beef? This is a beef that started in like 2009. Really? Yes. Our yes. resident... Uh... They've been beefing since... Hip-hop historian. Since <laughs> 2009? Yeah, man. It's been a beef that's been started from a lo- like a long time ago. Let me ago, think bro. about this. Because Drake... I feel like Drake started coming into the industry around that time. Yeah. Like, getting noticed and getting the um, popularity that he was seeking for a while. Yeah. I feel like Drake was working on his career, you know, since the grass that we knew him from that. But he had to do a lot of work to break free of that vision that people had of him yeah. from Degrassi. And at that time, if we think back, Kanye was at his peak because the he already was in the game. Hottest nigga yeah. in the world. Yeah. Like you there's nothing you can deny. Like like there's only a few niggas that get that hot. Mm-hmm. Who's like they take turns getting that hot. And some of them get that hot and they only get that hot for a little bit. Some of them niggas get that hot and last for a while he is one of them niggas who got that hot and never looked back. Yeah. Like, you know, the Nellies and the 50 Cents were here and were on fire. 
Eminem's, depending on who you ask, hey, he's still around. But this nigga got hot, and once it was hot, never left. Never left. Never left. And when he saw Drake coming out, you know, the ladies love him. He's light-skinned. He's from Canada. He's foreign. You know, we love a foreign. foreign. And he can rap well. Yeah. And he got Lil Wayne co-signing him. Yeah. Some who would say Lil Wayne is the greatest uh, artist, best this rapper. Alive. And still, to this day. If you look at Kanye in his career, he kind of got a co-sign from Jay-Z. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So two people who entered the industry and had a co-sign from people that are viewed as goats. Yes. And then would you say that their beef started because of Drake entering and Kanye seeing it as competition? And then they had like this friendly competition. But deep down inside, one of them ain't playing yeah. with the friendly competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's... Well, the, the the origin of this is uh, Kanye always believed that the music that they call the OVO sound that is blueprinted by Drake and 40 was based on what he did with 808s. Mm-hmm. And so he always felt that 40 was still in his style. And I think there's somewhere publicly he said that, which means... Like once you say it, it's okay. I gotta take take you for what you said. You think we still in your style, but it's not the case. And then you know we have the situation of uh, some of the sabotages Drake uh, Kanye has done, intentional or unintentional, that happened. Uh, from the best I ever had video that everybody made fun of, where it's just women running around half-naked, playing basketball, stretching, doing all that shit for a song that is one of the best. Like, that's an opening song for an artist. So the video, at that time, a video could make or break an artist. Uh Kanye, that being Kanye's first video he ever directed. Oh, Kanye West directed that video, and it was bad? And And he kind of sabotaged that. So it's like... He kind of sabotaged the whole situation. If you about to be the next hot nigga, if I can get into front of this... Let me get in front of it. To producing on uh, Thank Me Later, uh, fucking uh, Find Your Love, Show Me a Good Time. Like producing those sounds and those sounds being singles. It's like, all right. I better find your love was terrible. <laughs> so it feels like it's self-sabotage. I better find your love. It feels like it's sabotage only because it's like everybody is crowning him as the next guy while yeah. I'm still around. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, people love to play in frenemies. Frenemies is a big thing. Like, yes, I'll help you, but I also don't want to see. You. Yeah, it's a certain level of help that you're going to give somebody you're a frenemy with. Yeah. You're not going to help them get better than you. I'll help you but, get up here, but get better than me. No, I give you the passwords, but you still got to do the work. Right. Right. So I could see that. I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I missed it. I wasn't paying attention. I think it all smacked me in the face when. Drake was talking on, I think it was, was it Scorpion? Yeah. And Well, this whole... Or whether this is before then, because they... So they've they've been off and on with this frenemy thing for years. So that happens in 2009. They take a time off. He goes and does take care. And they, like, sort of patch it up around. Nothing was the same for Drake. And he brings him out in Toronto. And it's cool. But then they have another falling out, and so then. Well, let's let's take before we get too far into it's it. A lot of Kanye breaks up with a lot of people publicly, a lot. 
So at what point, like, do we take anything, any fallouts that he has seriously? I or I think of the part that we fail to realize is at what point do we stop taking what he says publicly? Serious. Mm. Well, the thing is, if you don't listen to Kanye, the first time he's going to yell it out more. And I think that is where things get iffy because I think there was, I think for Kanye, the turn of his life was when we wasn't taking him serious, the shit he was saying was important. Yeah. So I think. To be made fun of, like, the joke of George Bush doesn't care about black people. That's not the first time we've ever seen somebody go on TV and say some shit like that. Yeah. And so when you say that and everybody laughs at it, and as black people, we laugh at it like, nah, <laughs> he was telling the truth, but that's yeah. funny. Like Later you know on, we figured that out. We but... figured out he's telling the truth. Two... See a black man, because as I've said on here, that we don't speak about this enough. To see a black man go on stage and protect a black woman from unfair situ- circumstances, you get laughed at, you get criticized, people call you an asshole. Beyonce and Taylor Swift, when Taylor Swift won that award, that should have been Beyonce's. That's him protecting a black woman and nobody ever... Nobody's taking it Nobody serious. says that. It's yeah. just, this nigga's an asshole. He gonna, why would you do that? That's not the place for you to do that. It's I. It's him showing, knowing his worth, going to the Grammys and saying, I deserve these awards. Everybody's talking about my albums. Why am I not winning them? So let me ask a question. This is for, for Rez. So in that situation, knowing what you know now, is that really protecting black women? Or is that potentially like what 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 does that situation look like? I don't I don't think it helped the situation. I think it made it worse. Um, even though his intentions were good, it still put a light on Beyonce to say, Well, dang, do she feel this way as well? And it's kinda like you speaking in my place. Which is different from protecting a black woman because I think we mean from harm. But he was so passionate about it that that's what he had to do in that moment. Yeah. But still, like you, kind of it's kind of making me look bad too because it makes it seem like we talked about this. Like as a Virgo, I know behind the scenes, Beyonce probably was like, "If that bitch Taylor Swift, if she win that award, like they always do to me, they bring me to these awards, they have me come out so people could watch it and then not give me any awards, I'm going to snap." And she probably said that. Kanye probably noted it, knowing that he's a Gemini. Gemini's they ride or die. So it's a terrible I got, mix. I got and he probably was like, When I get when I get up there, what you're not gonna do is disrespect Beyonce. He had to say something. He had to say something. In that moment, it's like, Yeah, like I'm not gonna say yeah in front of these people, but like, yeah. And it's <laughs> but like the element of like It's embarrassing. It's what it's because we live in this society of standards. Of you be polite. If you lose this whole fucking what's the the fucking all the sportsmanship. Yeah. If you lose, lose and proudly. Keep, yeah. keep going. Don't say nothing about no. Like it's not realistic. It's, it's not. Realistic. And it's even harder to do it when you're in the industry because right. it's so many opinions, so many voices, so many spotlights, and who knows what that did with his relationships behind the scenes with exactly. labels. I mean, he and had to disappear. Everything. He had to disappear. Yeah. Like, that's like 08, 09. He, like, didn't come back to, like, 2011. He was gone. 
You like disappeared. So that makes you feel a type of way when you've been this person who's been saying truths and nobody wanted to hear with you and they treated you like this nigga had Obama calling my jackass. <laughs> like the president of the United States call your jackass. At this point, nobody's really fucking with you. And I feel like e, you'll love this reference. I think that begins the or- origin of his villain story. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, keep going. Let's see, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. So I feel like that's where it's the origin of his story is. And so now nobody likes me. They don't give a fuck. They so, just want to hear the music. So what? What is? I mean, let's paint a picture here. Who? What? What villain is Kanye? Like, if we had to compare him to somebody. <sighs> I would say he's Joker, only because you you want to root for him, but you also realize this nigga is a villain. Like, yeah, like he's a bad person. He's a bad person, but you kind of want him to win, like just a little bit, not much. But is it like you feel bit. bad for him, or just because he's it's the sympathy him? behind? It's it. because it's the sympathy of I understand why you are the way you are because of the trauma he's gone through. Because of the trauma you've gone through. But you realize this ain't the way you're supposed to go about this. Yeah, it is rules and it's societal norms <laughs> and rules and people have been here for a while. Um, and you're making a lot of noise right now. And it's almost like when somebody when, you know, people are disrupting the y'all. Y'all got an organization going on here. Y'all at work. Y'all show up to work every day. And it's one person that coming to work like, fuck this shit. I'll quit right now. Right. Every single day. That's disrupting. The that flow, person you love. I but. can't stand near you for too long, but <laughs> woohoo! Yeah, I feel like you too. That person you love, just not like this. But I cannot stand with this. And then they try to uproot the carpet while everything's no, baby. We need a strategy. We need a yeah. plan. Yeah. And that's the person that it's kind of like this. I feel you. I understand why you're doing what you're doing. Yes. In Kanye's case, sometimes I really don't understand what the purpose is. Yes. And I don't agree with it. But you got to shut the hell up right now because you're gonna a, mess this up for everybody. There's a lot of things that he says. That I, number one, he articulates very poorly. Even as a rapper, musician, he he articulates very poor, like poorly. Like uh, we we laughed about the thing he said about Rosa Parks. I mean, uh, Harriet Tubman. Like slavery is a choice. Is not how you say what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Like if you say like you know what I'm saying. They didn't know they were in position to get away from that. Is how you should say that if that's how you mean. Slavery is not wasn't a choice for them. Mm-mm. So he says a lot of things very poorly. Mm-hmm. But usually the message when you hear him speak is true. Like if you want to listen, it's, but that's the thing. It's up to people to decide if they want to listen. Right after that point, and it's up. It takes work when you're having a conversation with somebody to try to flip it and get an understanding of what they're trying to say. Oh yeah, I said all I, I have you. is yeah. I heard what you said. Like yes, and it's up to me how I'm going to receive it and how I'm going to interpret and it. And we live in a time where everybody only sees the highlights. They don't read the article. No. So if it says Kanye West says slavery was a choice, oh this nigga says slavery was a choice. Let me tweet out this think piece explaining to Kanye why slavery was a choice. When in hindsight, if you go listen to what he said and in the context, he just meant they could have been free had they got together and did some shit. So it just turns into Kanye 
becoming this person that just makes a lot of noise and then people just stop listening. Start tuning in. And out. they give, oh, that's Kanye. Oh, that's Kanye. Ye's going to do what he's going to do. And it, in some sense, give, gives him this, like, freedom to do whatever. And he comes out with Dark Twisted Fantasies. So now we still and love you. we call you a genius behind Dark Twisted Fantasy because it was just, like, great. It great. was magical. Great. Still have that CD in my car. And, you know, you come back, you try it again. You try it again, and then each time you're just getting further and further away from the people because the same way we're not listening to you, you're not listening to us. Exactly. And you're not in tune with the things that we want to hear and what we want to see from you and our opinions on what you're saying. Right. So it's almost like Kanye is disconnected from his audience. And I say that as somebody who listened to Donda and watched the shit and, you know, haven't paid attention to him for a while and he comes out with Donda and I'm just like, Ugh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't feel attached to this. I think it's just now at a point is because the words that he speaks out of his mouth come off as very self-serving. Yes. Like the narrative is Connie only wants to speak when he has to sell you something. Yes. Like we remember he went on his Twitter rant about him wanting to own his masters and the way it's phrased is all artists should want their uh, should own their masters. We should get rid of these industry standards. The whole time you say that this is really about you trying to get your own shit. Yeah. You in a bad contract. You feel like now that you're a billionaire, you in the levels of the niggas that own the shit you own, you can have these conversations. And it's like, fam, that's not how this works. Like, it's it sounds like you were upset about your shit right. for you. And it's like, bro, now... Are you bringing everybody else You're trying it? to bring everybody else into it and make it seem like you're helping people when it's really something you want for yourself. It's self-serving. Yeah. And I think that's that's where I am with Kanye. Yeah. Now, when we take a flip and we look at Drake and we looked at look at how he's reached this place, and I feel like he started off being relatable. I think all of Drake's... Rise to fame have been pure, realistic. This could happen to you. I'm not taking it away from any other artists. It's just how I see it. It starts off as because everything that people say about Drake is narrative. Uh huh. Uh, started from the bottom. He never started from the bottom. He was a child actor, child actor in Canada. Probably don't make that kind of money. Right. Like, being the influence, the show is, it took this nigga to get super famous for people to go, oh, yeah, that is the nigga that was on the grass. Yeah. So, when you like, that's the narrative. Uh, to the point where, at the time where he started rapping, you're not as famous as a musician as you are as an actor. <laughs> point blank. If you make poor music as a rapper and then you make good TV shows, nobody gives a fuck. It doesn't always <laughs> transition that way. It's not like he was in Degrassi rapping. At that at this time, like now probably. A motherfucker is pretty good on fucking Instagram at uh all the fucking Instagram comedians, they could probably go get their TV show somewhere. Right. But back then it was nigga, we don't know shit about you. We just know you the nigga from the TV show. Let me see if the music is decent. Right. And so I feel like his rise to fame is full of struggle that people don't like to give him credit for. Right. It's full of like, I had to really get to this point. And because it took off so fast, 
It's like, oh. And he was so consistent, too. He was, I don't feel like he was one of those artists who came out and focused specifically on gangster rap. Right. It was like, he. I feel like, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, he always had some sort of pop record or some type of radio single that everybody could listen so to. So when it becomes a thing of, like, I rap, but I also enjoy the art of singing. Like yeah. If every time you listen to him, like him tell you who his influence are, it's R&B artists, the Aaliyahs of the world, the fucking Craig Davids, the, like, the motherfuckers that made this melodic music that he loved as a child. Yes, I love rappers. Jay-Z, uh, Lil Wayne, Kanye. He says Kanye. But the R&B elements of him, I like to sing, too. I like to make music for women. <laughs> like, they love R&B. And then if you think about it, has Drake ever been in a situation where he was politically incorrect or he spoke some, he spoke against something that we all are passionate about, like racism or like so I think police brutality, or has he been caught out here doing dumb shit to women? I think those are the narratives that then start because he doesn't say things. You know what I'm saying? He built a foundation of like, we actually go do shit. Like, we go give money to our communities. We show up. Uh, they criticize this nigga for having his own Houston Appreciation Weekend in Houston. Like, nigga, you're not from Houston, but I understand when I got to Houston. Uh, they said his girlfriend out there, though. That's <laughs> a, a, a bunch of them. That's a bunch of them. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's something. Like, the narratives of him. sells it all. Right. But it's like the narrative of him being a womanizer. But it's like, uh, it's a nigga. It's a I like to see it. 25-year-old nigga with money. I'm not going to be tied down. Mm-hmm. I'm have a bunch of women. Like, I understand it. it makes sense. But, but it's like these narratives just... I will on. say one narrative about him was when Rihanna had him out here simping. And he told Rihanna that he loved her on stage. He's supposed to. And she was like, okay, like, why are you doing this in who, front of all these but people? But who is this narrative? What is this narrative of simp? The narrative because- is that Rihanna didn't want him... And from my my perspective and what I witnessed during this time, that she didn't want to claim him publicly. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> in most uh, millennial relationships, the act of public affection and PDA, PDA and posting me on social... The, it gets no grander than that. I'm about to... This is a... We're about to unlock <laughs> something right here. Their relationship was the foundation for a lot of relationships now. What Rihanna was doing was protecting herself because this nigga was still out here trying to play around. Or, or, let's let's keep it a buck. You don't want to post them and he out here embarrassing or you. Or let's keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. It was the the relationship that caused you, uh, I see her smile in those pictures with Rocky every time they pop up. Oh. They pop up a lot more often oh. now than the pictures of her and Drake used yep. to. Mm-hmm. I see them go places and they together, arm in arm, hand in hand. They claimed each other. <laughs> it's like so. Was it a relationship or were they just messing around? Like so, this is like so when a motherfucker. Like this is the only instance I remember. I can think of a people where the guy wanted to be in a relationship and made it known, and the woman didn't. Because they back and forth. Well, you ever seen somebody in a relationship and they're not in a good space? So they don't want to claim them. And then the guy is like constantly trying to get that love back because he disrespected. And now in the public eye, it looks as if you don't want me, but you don't want me because I've been doing you wrong. And then we also have CB coming into it because let's not forget 
Mr. Chris Brown. Had to, well, maybe that. I mean, they that's also, a negative. Yeah, yeah this, they had to keep it low. Had a little beef there. But I, I would say that his relationship with Rihanna or whatever it was, his situation fling, um, it kind of shaped. It gave us great music, but it also shaped this image that we have of him being a lover boy. Yeah. Because in that instance, a lot of people are looking at Drake like, dang, he's soft, he in love with Rihanna. Like, you know you don't do that. And she out here making bad bitch music, and you out here making simp shit. Especially, you drop what? Take care? Especially, <laughs> especially when you start ringing off the names on that hit list. Uh-huh. This nigga... We love to talk about the strippers that he empowers, mm-hmm. but let's talk about the power plays that this man has made. We got Rihanna, we got Serena, like we got Jayla or Tyra Banks. There's some power players on this list mm-hmm. at a time where a nigga was running through him. He was he was sniping. <laughs> he was sniping. Pew, pew, pew. There's some power players. So like a nigga like doing that one time is fine with me. So it shaped them into who who we know them to be. And the music has never lied. The music is good. You've always heard. Well, is it never lied or is it just always hit the mark for you? I think it's always been honest. Because we only, from day one, we shouldn't know about these women. Like, I've, I will never meet Courtney from Peachtree. <laughs> I should know that all his spouses live in Texas like it's George Strait. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I shouldn't know about these women. Like, I would, Bria, Bria Miles probably can give a lot of credit for having Bria's interlude because he met her and they, you know what I'm saying? Like, these, he empowered these women and, to the point that we know as fans who these women are and we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> like, we should know that. Yeah. Um, this nigga took Tatiana Ali on a date. I just think <laughs> I I think Drake has been this person, and you know we kind of lived up to the narratives that we made about him. He never tried to come out and say that's not true. I wasn't simping over Rihanna. Yeah. I'm not a player. Like you, you know, you come out, you have a baby. It took you a while to own up to that, but you it know things happen. <laughs> things happened that forced your hand like you weren't going to tell us but that's because nobody ever listens to Drake it's the shit I was talking about last week no everybody loves groupthink the man came out and explained fam when the girl told me she was pregnant I wanted to get a, a DNA test I got the DNA test they said something happened in transit that the DNA test wasn't conclusive Mm-hmm. So why would I go around telling people I got a kid on the way and I don't even know if that's my kid? Right. So then when I found out that there was a a, a positive DNA test, this is when shit happened. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not me hiding, not him hiding a kid. It's just like, fam, I wouldn't just run out here and start telling people, yeah, I got a kid on the way. Well, I don't have a kid on the way. Well, we talked about how Kanye West fell out with people. Drake, too, falls out with people. Really? Yeah, he fell out with. I don't know what happened between him and Jay Z, but there are records of him taking shots at Jay Z. Yeah, but they they're they're the, de- the prime definition of frenemy. He fought Diddy in the club. Diddy in the club. Back to back with him and uh, my favorite rapper. That was his fault though. Yeah, yeah that was Meek. Uh, I don't know. Meek uh, 
dropped or no Drake whose album was it that's Meek's album Meek dropped the album and he was upset that Drake wasn't promoing it no he was upset that Drake didn't show up for a show Drake didn't show up for a show and he started to wild out that night Mm -hmm. about not comparing me to these rappers who don't even rap their own raps Mm. and so since Drake doesn't write his own raps he decided to rap with me (laughs) Pusha T some would say that he's beefing with Kendrick Lamar but I feel like it's just all that. I feel like some of these things are personal. A masculine. Is it personal or is it like sportsmanship? I feel like some of this is sportsmanship. Some of this is personal. The Meek thing at the time was personal. Yeah. The Chris Brown thing at the time was personal. Mm-hmm. I mean. The Diddy I mean, thing. Was, was that over Rihanna? Or That's over Rihanna. He literally said on online that Chris Brown is mad at me because right now in this moment, I make better music than him. And the woman that he loved fell into my lap. Mm. <laughs> Those are things we can Google all of this. And then Diddy. The, the Diddy thing. Alcohol is sport. Well, also, we need to talk about for a nigga that has changed his name to love, Diddy has had issues with a bunch <laughs> of these rappers. There's a J. Cole story of Diddy and J. Cole fighting. There's a story of Drake and Diddy fighting. We all know what happened to Steve Stout, even though we don't like to talk about it. And the coach at UCLA. Oh. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a thing, but I would be upset too. Puff had a right. I asked you to help me with this song, and you take the song and make a hit out of it. I mm. would feel the type of way as well. What song are we talking about? Zero to 100. Mm. If, you, if I asked you to help me with this song, and you take it and, you know, go crazy and get a hit out of it, I probably would feel the way too. Yeah. Yeah. So. But throughout all of these beefs, Tory Lanez, the weekend, all these guys, he's made peace in 2021. With most of them. Yeah. Except for maybe two, and there's some new ones brewing, as I heard, Certified Lover Boy. So, you know, he's he's a guy that who, if we have an issue, it's going to take some years for us to get past it. But... Who, who, what's, what's the T? Uh, right him? now. Uh, uh, what song? Name the song and what he would. You don't have to say the lyric. Just the song is uh, You Only Live Twice, the Rick Ross and Lil Wayne song. And there is, he addresses the Swiss Beats situation where, you know, after one of the verses, Swiss Beats went live and said he had a problem with Drake because a song leaked and he was upset that Drake didn't want to put the song out. And even though it leaked, he felt a type of way about that. And he said, you know, that's a kid. You know, we don't have to, you know, it ain't personal. We don't have to do them kind of things because we could shoot your plane out the sky. That's what, that's what, that's what, that's what Swiss said. Random. random. Like, yeah. shoot your plane out the sky. Yeah, it's it's kinda, random. That's kind of hard. It's a good bar because Drake's I mean, got the plane. But it's a good bar. I, mean, I mean, that's still a little Thanks, bit That's of a bar. little harsh for little me not stuff. dropping a song that leaked. So it's become uh, one of the bars. It's like, fam, you, we, I helped your wife. At a time when niggas wasn't fucking with the music no more. Sure. I'm still not fucking with it. I think her last hit on a main stage. Unthinkable. Maybe unthinkable. <laughs> <laughs> it might be our last real hit. So right. at a time where we, I've, I've did things for you yeah. and never said nothing. I think Drake gets a lot of shots too. Like a lot of people don't know how to take Drake. Why not? Because they feel like 
they make up these narratives in their head about him. Like he's arrogant. He gets a lot of women. He's an asshole. But every time I see Drake, like in passing, he doing silly shit. Like people who take them. So he doesn't look he like somebody who takes, takes themselves himself. too he seriously. The he, index. He, he comes off sneaky to me though. Why sneaky? Would say sneaky? Because I, because I, he looks like the type that is not going to make a spectacle out of it's it. It's because he's a Scorpio. Like, thing is like, you're going like, you're going to feel it. And yeah, he's it's a like, but it's like, only like if I'm beefing with Meezy, right? I'm only going to do something that only Meezy notices that I did it. Well, yeah, that's about right. And that's I think, the that, and, part. I think, and I think that's what I think that's what we're not used to. But that's what's supposed to happen, yeah. bro. Like I should in real life when niggas get online. The, my favorite, my the funniest line that I've ever heard niggas say is <laughs> they get online and go, "I don't do this internet shit." Yes, you do. You're doing it right now. Right now. You're doing it right now. So if I could be like, if I could, if I could make you know that I know everything you did and we don't have to make this a public thing, whoever catch it, catch it, but it don't become this known thing. I'm going to let you know, like, fam, I heard what you said. I know what you did. And I want you to know, I know, you know, but then, but then he says, crap down, crap down the block, made right. Like all, all that. You know stuff. why? Because if you know where Drake live, you know Kanye lived down a block. You make a left. This is how you get to his house. But, that, but you but, gotta know that. But see, but the thing is, but like, we didn't know that. But then, and, no, but, and what right. happens is because you wanted to be a jackass. Now I want you to know the entire world knows you're a jackass because every time you leave your house, they're playing this song. They're singing this song at the top of their lungs. Like, I want that to bother you. Not what me and you got. I want you to be upset because I made a hit with your demise in mind. Like, that's why, like, people, he does this for everybody. It's crafty. It's craft. It's supposed to be. If I'm I'm finna be in a, if I'm gonna have beef with somebody, I want to make money off this beef. Because it don't do shit for me. I would like to make money (laughs) off of it. I would like to make money off this. Yeah. me sex, rapping to Meek Mill back and forth about who's the better rapper doing this thing. It happens. It go, it's today, tomorrow. They forget about it. But you know what we won't ever forget about? Is this a world tour or your girls tour? Mm. You got to live with that knowing what you did was wrong for the rest of your life. Because people still play back to back. You got to. And that's how it's supposed to be. If it's up, then it's stuck. Yeah, I think um, that's another thing that that keeps straight going. So if we go back and we compare these two and their styles, like what was your experience growing up with Kanye and Drake? Like when did you become a fan of both of them? Uh, I have been a fan of Kanye from uh, the first time I heard Blueprint. The beats on there were crazy. I know it's a Just Blaze, Bink, and Kanye production, but like hearing the names. Uh, yeah, like hearing Izzo, but like hearing the style of like motherfuckers sampling these older music and making them hard was like crazy. And so then like getting in tune with, I, I remember hearing uh, Through the Wire for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this nigga's crazy. And then and I dove in, like my mom bought me this bootleg that wasn't college dropout. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mind you, I'm sixth grade age. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? But then I got into it. And it taught me a lot about hip-hop because all of the samples, it was a bunch of samples. Yeah. So he's rapping over these older musics, and then it's like, whose original song is this? Like, he rapped over electric relaxation. 
which is a Tribe Called Quest song, people also know it as the original theme of the Wayne song, brothers, mm-hmm. before it switched. Yeah. So when Sean had dreads, the theme song for that is a Tribe Called Quest song. So I had been watching the Wayne's brother and like knowing this song, and I'm like, oh shit, Kanye jumped over there, and then I learned, oh, Tribe Called Quest. So it was that, and then college dropout obviously happened, and you hear it, and you're like, oh my god, this is beautiful, and you become a fan. Yeah. Of everything. Like, at one point, I was a diehard kind. I've grown in my life to be fans of multiple people, and to the point where I stand multiple people. People don't like to let me live it down, but whatever. I, at one time, was a part of this Kanye stand. Mm-hmm. Everything he did was glorious. It was amazing. Uh, graduation was at the point where I was like, nobody could be better than this nigga yeah. in life. Graduation was good. Because that is your that is the only album that I can think of that makes a I'm here statement. Like, I'm here. And you niggas got to do it. Like, it's hard to be humble when you stunting on a Jumbotron. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is a real live laugh. Like, no, he's really doing this at yeah. this level. And so when I heard it, I was like, no, this nigga's here to stay. And so I've always been a fan at that point. Yeah. I think for me it started with Through the Wire, College Dropout, just yeah. get, getting those albums, listening to it, and hearing the words that he was saying, relating to it. And then up until the point where he just started doing stupid shit. And I'm like, you know what? I I love this. I love 808s and Heartbreaks. I enjoyed Pablo. Dark Twisted Fantasy, which we talked about earlier, was great. And just the things that he would was able to do musically, it was different from what I was used to hearing before. Yeah. And the samples, the way that he talked about his love life, the way that he talked about fame, the way that he talked about wanting to get somewhere wanting to get money was like yes this is like motivational like this is good and you can i i guess for me i said this earlier but you can tell the difference when it switched and the music stopped being about the people right and it's no longer about what the people want to hear it's about what he's going through and telling his story because he didn't get a chance to tell it before um but i was a fan of kanye no longer am but i still listen just because you love the- Just because I, I want to hear, I want to be in the know of what's yeah, going on. you like the- Not because oh, yeah. I, I just want to know. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't do a podcast and be able to talk about things without knowing what the hell and is going on. And just because as, like, black people, this is culture for us. Yeah. This is part of our culture. Like, I don't think white people link up and be like, bro, that Carrie Underwood. No, that's did the you, one. Like, did, did you hear, you hear that? that? Like, did you hear a new did album? Did you hear that? Like, I don't think they who link knew up. Carrie was still dropping <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't think they link up like that. But I like this. There's something that you you just see because it's black culture and you're immersed in it. You gon' see and you wanna know. Like, like this nigga was living in the uh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium. You're gonna see this you're after like, a while. Just starts getting performative yeah, like, it's like this isn't this can't be real like you just doing too much and so when you see enough black people that you enjoy talk about the antics of somebody you just go to see yeah um for drake it was on the flip side did you want to say yeah this uh so when it, for the music uh i felt like after pablo things kind of got a little downhill like pablo? He, he, he got a little lost after pablo yeah my, pablo was good my, though in my opinion i mean <laughs> Because he tried to do all those, those, like, it just, I think you just noticed that there was a hidden agenda. Yeah. Right. And 
at first it was I think it came out as it was the the money issues that he was having, mm. right? And I felt like that's where we noticed like a, a large portion of it. But then you know more recently, like I don't know, it just it just comes off like you want to give everybody your ass to kiss. Yeah, and there's like this level of of like you feel entitled for what for what's going on, and what I can really kind of correlate it to, and this is kind of me jumping out the window. Basically, I felt like this is like him, like he's like the person who peaked in high school. Wow, right, and Dang. now he's like he's seen other people kind of like pass him by, and. You know he don't like it, and he's just gonna be loud about it. With yeah, Drake he's gonna being, be the villain of it. With Drake being the star quarterback, right? Drake yet, was a little bro. Drake was a little bro, and he became the star quarterback. Then he became the college quarterback, and now this nigga may be the greatest quarterback to ever play football. Right. While everybody thought, once you got to college and got hurt. And now your college career was up. You're not the guy no yeah. more. Yeah. It just looks it looks bad after a while taking on that that view. Like taking on that stance on somebody. You always look better like being supportive of somebody, but you wanting to be the reason for their demise or trying to take them down at the height of their career is kind of like uh, yeah, you look bad. Like, you're going outside. Yeah, cuz like I mean, if you think about it too, like I I felt like Kanye tried to do certain stuff, right? And then Drake wound up doing it a little bit better. Did Kanye right. act actually come out and say that he was trying to mess up Drake's release date? No, but you could but see you, that. You knew. You, you could knew see that. that you can see that. Like, you could... You can... See, everything he's ever done, you can do that. Like, you can't go from... Like supporting, like Kanye made they made pop style. It was supposed to go on views, and then after views came out, like they went on this run. They were like buying billboards in Calabasas, calling it the new Abu Dhabi, and they were about to do this joint project. But on one side, you do that, but then next week you have a a concert, and you get on stage and say, "I don't understand why Drake and DJ Khaled keep running the radio. Why I don't get the same type of love they get." Like why would you like you can't you can't so, praise so, and, me and then just try to go out on the limb and say these type and downplay my and style then, and then instead of just like yo like put me on like like what am I doing what or am like, I doing right or like understanding what your lane is now the thing is and I feel like this has a lot to do because I've seen people slander and Donda online the problem was you did too much with Donda I, like you you told us that the album was going to come out and it didn't come out. So now we sit up here waiting for it. We already heard it twice and it didn't come out. And then it, it seems like after you, we all know in this industry, if you let something pass by too long, we get to a point, especially in our, in our culture, where we don't even care no more because now you begging us for, like, we got to beg you for it. Where's Donda? Donde es Donda? And it's not dropping. We don't care no more. But you got to understand that those rules only apply to regular artists. Which rules? Of if you say something. Do it. Right. Like, because we take that piece, but if you flip it, Rihanna's never said anything about new music. Niggas just keep going Rihanna wears the new music. And Rihanna continues to blatantly show you 
that I don't want to make new music or I don't want to put new music out. You know what I'm saying? So that level only applies to niggas who have not reached superstar status. You got to understand, we're talking about a nigga who could sneeze tomorrow and do 200,000. You got to understand, this nigga did three different album listings where I just come and play you the album Sold out a football stadium, and it wasn't even the same thing that came out. It is. It's all three both of them. times. All three of them are mixed together. Mixed together. So it wasn't the same thing each time. It was something different yes, each time. Every time. And so you you talking to a nigga who does like I don't have to make music no more if I don't want. So to. at this point, you're not making it for us. You're making it for yourself. Exactly. It's not about the fans. Because exactly. Because if you cared about the fans, you would have just put it out. You playing with them? Who cares? Right. Fam, you buy you niggas are standing in my line for my shoes, and they're going to, and, and they're going like to taking it the way you treat your fans. You I don't like it. Yeah, you can't you can't be upset if now things don't go the way that it, it goes, right? Because you have zero credibility. You because, treat people back. He's not. This is the one time he's not talking. And this is, listen, I'm very defensive. Oh, he's talking to somebody. But I like, it, <laughs> it comes off like I'm defending him, but only because it's this narrative that we keep provoking on people. And I hate that we put narratives on people. Kanye never said anything. He just started showing up in Las Vegas and he played some people some art records. And then uh, that commercial with Shikari came out and it was a Kanye song on there and it was like oh a new Kanye album was coming out and on Friday a new album did come out it did come out on your DSPs but if you watch the Apple stream there was a new album there so then it didn't come out and everybody is speculating so then he did it again the next week new album did come out but it didn't come out where you wanted it to come out so I think it's our perspectives versus his they kept coming out new music kept coming out it just wasn't where you wanted to be yeah, and I, so I think listen, then it gives him listen, a bad rap because it's uh, false advertisement. Def, Def, Def Jam was like, "Yo, I'm tired of this." Guy. That's because Def Jam don't know what the fuck they doing. Ooh. If we're gonna be honest, Def Jam is dying, and this is the only thing keeping them alive. Shouts out to Tuma who just got that new job as CEO over there. You've done great work from Spotify all the way up to Google, uh, Yahoo, uh, YouTube. You've done great work, but the job you just took is a shithole. So I guess if we get back to the beginning of things, the beginning of this conversation, when we go into comparing these two as artists, can we really compare them? Yes. I think they are. They are three. They're a part of. A small. They are a part of a group of rappers that are the most important rappers we've ever seen. Okay. It they sit on this when I'm not talking about best, I'm not talking about greatest. I know I just said that last week with the numbers. They're a part of a group that made rap become what it is to the mainstream of So the history. They're part of the history. Their legacies will be submitted from just if you look at what Kanye's been able to do. For music, and I mean from, like, Kanye being able to grab people and say, hey, I'm putting this song out. And people going, okay, when's it coming out? It's like, just know it's coming out. And niggas stay up till 4 o'clock and put out music. And I also think 
why Certified Lover Boy came out at 2 o'clock is also a play off that, which is also a play that Kanye was in Germany. And so at 2 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time is 8 a.m. in Germany. But that's a whole other conspiracy theory I made up. But, uh. like, <laughs> they, he sits in a place where he does things that always move it forward. Kanye could show you that, look, seven minute, seven songs on an album is a 30 album, and you can get nominated for a Grammy, even though they don't want you to win it. He can show you that, hey, listen, I might not make the best. I, I might not write my raps, but I can make music that people enjoy. He does things that are important. He can show you you don't have to just be in the box of a rapper. These fashion niggas keep using us. They keep using us. We all we talk about is these labels and these shits. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go sign with Adidas and become, hey, a billionaire. Then you see motherfuckers like Beyonce, Pharrell, you know, all these rappers get deals over at Adidas to push their lines out. Like, he, he's important to the culture. And I think on the flip side, Drake is important because it shows you that this shit don't have to be in a box. Yeah. I just want to I just want to jump back. We didn't really go about with Drake. So I know I said that about Kanye earlier, but I'm not necessarily the biggest Drake fan either. I just always kind of felt like with his music, I've always kind of felt like there was a little bit of a false advertisement, too, mm. because, you know, I, I get everyone already knows like, yeah, you got to give something. You got to give something to get people to actually buy the album. Right. And then you could talk about the stuff that you really want to talk about. But there's something about the 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 runs that you go on with all these remixes, all these features and stuff like that, that, you know, puts you in this lane. Right. And it's like upbeat and stuff like that. And then, you know, it's just, you know, small violins. I'm glad you said that because that was what was going to be my part. My next part. He gets this false narrative of being a culture vulture. Drake does. Yes. Of like he goes and. Goes and steals from people's styles, places, accents. <laughs> but nobody ever nobody ever gives him the credit for what he did. Right. Like nobody listens nobody understands that Toronto is a fucking melting pot for culture. Toronto don't have just white people in it. They got fucking Middle Eastern immigrants. They got fucking West Indies and Jamaican people that live there. So the culture he's been around his entire life. Yeah. Make the music that he like. <laughs> Number one. Number two, every time he goes and steals from one of those places, the people that you enjoy in those fucking <laughs> genres of music stand beside him and give him the cosign. Yeah. Early on in the Jamaican world, there was... Uh, Movado, him and Movado was doing a lot of shit on Khaled music. Then you go stand beside Popcon. Popcon is a G in Jamaican music. Yeah. They stand next to him. They create OVO and Ruli. Popcon is now signed to OVO. Yep. Then we get Afrobeats. Then you go over there. Then you say, oh, well, Afrobeats is, you know, he ain't, you know what I'm saying? Okay. The first song I, I went and did, the very first song that's Afrobeat, has Wizkid on it. Yep, Wizkid was on it. Wizkid is on it. Now Wizkid gets his shine with Essence this summer, and everybody's saying, oh, he was all right, but now you're a superstar. Right. Because we heard him. I mean, he's we still can say that with a lot of artists. He say that. Nobody does it like that. Yeah. No, no. I, he did that for a lot of artists, He does too. this for a lot of artists. We but, wouldn't know about the Migos as much 
They wouldn't still be around. Every time he get on a song, they get a number one. Versace, Versace. <laughs> Every time uh, Little Baby is now comparably taking his spot. Yep. The first smash Little Baby had, Drake was on it. Like, QC may owe Drake a lot of fucking money for mm-hmm. the things he's done for that record label. You know who we haven't seen him with? And I was thinking about this earlier. Cardi B. That's the only one, but guess where Guess where she has performed at? Where? OVO face. Okay. <laughs> when when a nigga was up and coming and he spent all this time in Houston, all he ever does is fucking sample music from Houston. Those Houston artists get those Roy G checks from going a billion. When he loved Lil Durk them, he loved Lil Durk them in 2011. Guess what he did when he flipped back around in 2020? Hey, Lil Durk, it's your time. I'm going to put you on a single. Mm. Like, he keeps doing things from people. The UK niggas, when he talk about mans and them, all them niggas love him. Mans and them. <laughs> they all fucking love him. He part of one of the cliques over there with Skepta, the BB Kids, the uh, Boy Better No Crew. They love him over there. Like, niggas do not give him the credit How for bringing people How much you think it costs to get a Drake feature? Right now, you either got to give him the rights to the song or you got to have probably a million up front. Because okay. if you look at Black Boy JB, also his dad lived in Memphis. He spent his summers in Memphis. So when they talk about he don't have this this Southern gangster thing, where'd he get it from? It's because he spent his time in Memphis. Black Boy JB doesn't own the rights to that song. But guess what? You might not own the rights. But now you can eat forever because you got a smash. That's right. <laughs> it's like, give him the credit for doing things for a bunch of people. Making he helping making stars. How many Joy the Smith songs do you know? None. Do you know the name? Yep. <laughs> like, oh, let's uh uh let's let's continue to give the girl that I love who doesn't want to give me play. Let's continue to keep giving her a hit. Hey party, go work with her. Y'all are uh this island this y'all can go together. Who? Uh Rihanna. Party and Party been stuck in Rihanna basement for three oh years writing gosh. songs for her. Oh my goodness. Listen. Guess who gave Party the shine? Like, so when we go back to comparing the two, you said <laughs> that there is a comparison, and it's that that both of these artists are in cemented in history forever. You can never take that away from them. They've Im- made an impact on music and hip hop, and they're two artists that somebody right. has in their top five. Every time. I think um there are differences as well. One thrives off of being different and having the spotlight, but not wanting the spotlight, being too cool, but not cool enough. And then the other one is just like, it's me. I think it's a, I think the only difference when you take what they do and you separate it, I think um, the purposes are different. One is a little bit more strategic too. Uh, No, I think they're both strategic. I think Drake is. A little bit. I think he's more strategic, but I think Kanye's strategy is to be chaos. I don't know if that's a strategy. Chaos chaos gets you to have a conversation. I don't feel like... I feel like we give him a little bit more credit than we should. I, I think he's like winging a lot of what he's doing. Which causes chaos. Yeah, so I don't think there's a strategy behind that. But what I'm saying is, you could you could be the guy... Based off your morals and your history and your past, your pedigree, to come out and say, "Hey, I'm putting out an album on Friday." Do the album. The album comes out on Friday, and then you to talk for of the timeline for a week. 
Or you could be the guy that has the timeline in a chokehold for three weeks because of your antics. Unintentionally, the, though. Because no. I don't know if that was a strategy or if it was him. If you wanted to be finished with that album, you could be finished with that album today. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the guy. There's nothing, nobody, no label, because that's where that's where it gets con- contradictory. When you start to blame this on other people, yeah. When you Kanye West, you can be finished today, or you can tell everybody y'all gotta wait. And I think that's what happens. So causing the chaos is the thing. Every t- the narrative is because he only speaks when he's got something to sell. Is because I need to generate enough hype for people. Just just generate. It don't have to be positive, it don't have to be negative. This nigga ran for president and got to do it, which is which is which in his own thing is a thing to be proud of. Like he did it. I don't know if that's something to be proud of. He did it. He's showing motherfuckers you can do it. That's something to be proud of. You was trying to sabotage. How you try to sabotage a presidential election? This nigga ran for president. And he looked dumb. Whatever your theory is, he, he looked dumb as hell. He did it. He didn't have no strategy. He didn't have no organization. He just did it. And he that's that's it. the part where I say he'd be looking stupid as like hell. It's fire, though. Like, it wasn't. It's fire. It was dumb. This nigga showed you. Like, you could be a rapper. He should have sat down. Nah. Like, imagine had he did it. Like, no, sir. Imagine if he'd have been became president. Everybody thought he looked stupid. What if he'd have became our president? You ever seen that Spongebob no, gif not. where he jumping out the window of a, a building and it's just like he jumping, but it's like tears. That'd be me. I'm not doing that. It would have been fire. It wouldn't have. Um, on that note, let's go. Hard. Let's go ahead and take a break and like, come back with if, our final like the first The first shoe of the country was a Yeezy. Oh, come on. Like That's the first shoe. All right. For our final thoughts, let's go ahead and talk about what each of these men, their fan groups look like. Because, I mean, I like Drake. I don't know if I I would consider myself like a Drake fan, but I know there has to be some sort of identity of a Drake fan. These niggas, these fucking fans overlap. It's you think so? Yeah, bro. I just think it's it's a it's a it's age gap. They overlap. It ain't about what kind of music you like. It ain't about what you into. It's just age. Two, like two sleeves on the same marmot. Exactly. Like like like. It's this. It's just like older people. Like, if you're a fan of Drake, you probably twenty five and up, right? And you like been through the shit he taught. The music relate to you so well. Too much sometimes. You like, ever been in love with a stripper? This one night. You ever paid tuition? No. But, <laughs> but if she used the money I threw that night for two. You ever gave somebody a loan <laughs> for to open up their business? No, but I've all, but I've been there and gave niggas ideas. You ever met a devil in a new dress? That was a bar, but <laughs> like no, Drake's music just no, connects no, for people. Women, no comment. No comment on the last one. <laughs> women, uh, light skin, like it just connects with people on on emotional level. Kanye fans are just people who connect with the overall thing. Like the music, the fashion, the thought of free thinking, like this whole and I and I hate to say it, but I'ma say it, fuck it. Uh 
whatever you think a Travis Scott fan is, it is their fans of Travis Scott. Oh, yeah, that's another person Kanye West fell out with. Because they love Travis Scott. But do you think they made up because they're like brother-in-laws almost? They made up. They ain't made up. They ain't make a. They just they're yeah because they family. But it's like Ugh. you can't be mad at me for working with Drake when Drake dies. You know, like some weird. Like, yeah, like you mad because he said that on my song and I put it out. But okay, nigga, I still Hans supposed to know what he's talking about. <laughs> How the fuck was I? What was I supposed to tell? No, I can't come in there and tell you no. Don't don't spit that line about going to visit Kim. But it's like the <laughs> niggas like that young, like just that old overall Gen X thing that we give them credit for is what like they love the fact that anybody. could. I think Kanye West has a lot of white men fans. I don't think so. I think so. I white white men love Kanye West because it it makes them feel like a safe black. I'm gonna disagree with that, but I understand. You understand what I'm saying? I do understand. Like they just feel like Kanye, he speaks for the black people. There was a time where he was, and they jumped on that. They never, they never seen. Like, they just they, know him. For they that know one. him for when he used yeah. to say shit about black, and he was like, "Oh, I love this, and I love black people." And then he flipped, and they're like at a weird space in their fandom where they're like, "Can we continue to support him?" Because now we don't know how oh, much he is for the, black people. The, uh, I think it's the people that know the old Kanye. <laughs> the people that know the old Kanye do not enjoy the new Kanye. And so like Drake gives them the feel of the old Kanye just a little bit. Yeah. Because it's emotion it hits you like you relate with the same emotion. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to get the same emotion that I got from Take Care and Graduation from either of these artists, but I still enjoy. I would like to say before we get out of here that neither of them have a bad project in their discography. You may have your favorite and you may have what you don't like, but all of the music is still good for them. Mm. I missed a few of Kanye's, but eh, Drake, yeah, he got some good ones. I, I think I missed a couple of Drake's too, but either way, um, shout out to Drake. That's all shout I have. Out to Kanye, bro. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I respect artistry. I respect the artist. I respect the always wanting to move the culture, like move shit, shake shit up. Like, fam, niggas, niggas thought Michael Jordan was the only nigga that could have a good shoe. I think it's dumb. It, it's like, but it's like it lets motherfuckers like think about shoes. Like, no, no, no. Like the shoe, like culture. What, what he's done with the shoes and fashion, cool. Like I still is, think it's. I give him credit for making the color olive green and that colorway of olive green and nudes, which women love to this day. I don't remember that being such a big thing until that nigga started making Kim dress like that. Like all that olive green shit wasn't that big. Can you imagine being Kim? I mean, he was just doing apocalyptic. Uh, it's just, I, I just feel like he just be doing stupid and shit. And then, which then leads to motherfuckers loving to be comfortable. Now they just want to dress in sweatpants. We, we might be giving him a little bit I've too seen, much credit. I've seen you, E. I've seen pictures of you in a sweated suit. Nah, down, that, down. that no. Daria jacket was out before Kanye started making them colors. Don't play. <laughs> Say what? The Daria jacket was out before Kanye West started yeah, dropping the, them but colors. The girls wasn't wearing they was it wearing was them Darius. They was, was wearing it and white people had comfortable shoes before you started making Yeezys. Nigga, nigga brought we them. just didn't want to wear them. The nigga, the nigga brought that that flight coat back. Like, <laughs> like, let's just be clear. He does some things. The polo him. with the book bag. Let's not talk about what Drake did for peacoats. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 
He did. I don't think he did that. He did something with Peacoats, though. Drake, Drake had a lot of bitches in Peacoats. <laughs> hey, it's time to transition. Since what we, we spent got? the whole episode talking about rappers, figured I'd play some R&B this week. Soften it up. You are now tuned in. To you w- are now tuned in. You are now tuned in to WME. Z, I forgot what the name of the show was. But right now, we're about to get into... Uh, this is Got Me Like. This is Amari, um, Amara. Sorry, I fucked that name up. It's Amara featuring Mick Jenkins here on WMEZ. Textually active. Textually Amaria, I might be fucking that up, but this project pretty tough. Uh, this is Amaria and Mick Jenkins. That's called "Got Me Like" off her project "Bittersweet," which is in stores now. If you like that song, and you or you might have missed it, it was like, no, it sounds good because I was listening to it in the background. And you want to go back to it? All you gotta do is go to your favorite DSP and type in "Textually Active," and it is part of the "Textually Active" song of the week playlist. And you too could, you know, find somebody that got you like. Here with WMEZ. Textually active. Woo! All right, let's wrap up this show with some memes. I feel like we gave y'all a lot of argument fuel for you to go back and argue on Twitter with a Kanye or a Drake fan. So I'm going to just leave you with this piece of advice to get you through those arguments online. Um, When you're losing an argument, uh, suck my dick will always get you back in the lead. Don't you all forget that big joker when you're out there arguing on the internet. please. No, <laughs> please do not do not do that. What we do not no longer live in times where people don't know where you are. Oh, you can't just tell somebody you to pr- suck your you dick. Probably online. should not do that anymore. I think it's a good advice. It's no, I think it's a good advice. Just I so. like it. I love the energy. No, it should be that energy. You're so 
home. Just suck my dick. The energy, but not those. Let them know you're not playing it. You don't want to argue anymore when right. you say that. Yeah. No, when you when you use that, you've elevated the yes. argument yes. to action. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I got one because uh, the timeline last week, uh, niggas was out here robbing niggas. Huh. Robbing. And I just want to inform you, this is how I feel. I'm a thousand percent for scamming, except when it's done to regular people. All these rich people, the government, scam up, nigga. Never scam down. Absolutely. Listen, man, I'm just going to keep this really, really simple. All right. I know it's going to be really, really tough out there. You know, we're getting a little bit closer. It's getting a little colder, a little bit earlier oh, today. It's about to be the time, right? It's it's starting to get it's starting to get a little 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 dark a little bit earlier. It's just a false fall right now. Listen, man, all I gotta say is just, man, just take it one ghetto day at a time. That's right. That's all you can do. Those are the best days. The ghetto days are fun. Um, all I have to say is thank you all for listening to another episode of Actually Active. Be a fan of who you're a fan of, right? Live in your fandom. Don't let nobody shame you out of not being a fan of I'm going to shame whoever. everybody. Oh. Shame, shame, shame. Everybody's going to have their opinion about Listen, music. Swear you mean. They don't know how you felt when you was listening to that. Donda, 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 donda. Music, <laughs> music, <laughs> music is a Venn diagram. Like, someone, the song's mother. No, but like the song, the intro song was a little bit much. Y'all don't think so? I, I could tell whoever whoever R.I.P. Donda, but goddamn, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who was saying it, but she started getting a little frustrated because she started losing. Because uh, she took the she took a, like a deep breath, like Donda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was going in. Uh, I love you guys. Music makes the world go round. And until next week, we out this piece. Thank you for listening to the Textually Active podcast. This podcast is a full-service production from the Open Media Lab. Be sure to check in every Textual Tuesday along with following them on all social media at Textually Active Pod. Textually Active is a part of the Open Media Network.